You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Wednesday, November the 1st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And if the acoustics sound different than normal, if it's a little less quality, I do apologize for that. We are on the road this week as I am on the road for my real job, giving you this podcast on the road regardless. On today's show, big news out of Miami today. Pro Bowl back, 1,200-yard rusher, three 200-yard game extraordinaire, Jay Ajayi traded. We will discuss all the topics circulating that issue, and in lieu of the film recap, we will talk about the direction of this team and what that trade means for the long-term future of the Miami Dolphins and Adam Gaze and his team. But first, I have to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, or wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and drop us a five-star rating, write us a nice little review. You guys know the drill by now. Subscriptions, ratings, reviews, those are how podcasters are judged. The more we get, the higher we go up the iTunes chart, and the more it exposes us to more Dolphins, and it helps the show to continue to grow. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports Family of Podcasts, including the Locked On NFL Podcast and Locked On Heat Podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. And I do apologize that I was on around the last few days. I had to take a brief hiatus because of the mentions from the 40-0 loss to the Ravens. And then yesterday's trade with JJ, not exactly the most fun thing to be around, but I am back and talking football again. Follow the show at LockdownFans and check out LockdownDolphins.com. Adam Vaccaro is going to be writing a piece about Kenyon Drake here coming up soon. And I'll try to get some more pieces back up there for you guys as well. But with work being what it is, I'm a little bit short on time, but we're going to get the podcast to you every day the rest of the week. And one last quick read here before we get into the podcast episode talk about Pro Football Focus and what they are doing and offering a free PFF Edge subscription to someone that writes a review on the Apple Podcast Review for the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We will draw one winner per week if we get more reviews. We haven't had many reviews lately, but you guys get back in there, start writing reviews. We'll have a winner for a free PFF Edge subscription. It's a $40 value, NFL player grades, snap counts, positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, team and player pages featuring PFF stats, the PFF Miami page is fantastic. Follow them on Twitter at PFF underscore Miami. So check that out. And for your chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription, go into Apple Podcasts, write us a review on this podcast, tell us how much you love it, how much you hate it, and get yourself a chance for a free PFF Edge subscription. Leave your Twitter handle in that review, and we will choose one winner each week. All right, guys, let's jump right into the main topic of the day. This podcast recording on Tuesday, but you guys will probably hear it on Wednesday. But just talking about the reaction from the JGI trade, he goes to Philadelphia for a fourth-round draft pick, which the way they're playing right now is probably going to be closer to a fifth-round draft pick considering their high record and their potential deep playoff run and with how well that team is playing. Dolphins getting very little in return for a runner who last year was one of the best running backs in football, one of the best at creating yards after contact, one of the best at breaking tackles and making big runs and scoring touchdowns and making the offense go. He was the reason the Dolphins offense got started last year after a slow start. He was had 1,200 yards basically from week six on and was just a fantastic player. I can't be more grateful to JJ and what he did for the Dolphins and how he got him out of that rut last year. But you go back and you look at what the reason for this trade was. Obviously, the team was not happy with him. Adam Gaze came out 
after the Ravens game in that press conference on Friday, and we talked about it on Monday's show, and he said that the running backs were a big problem with the Dolphins' offense and a big reason why they were struggling and why they were not getting the job done. And he mentioned it specifically, and it's got to be about Jay Ajayi, because even though he didn't mention the name, he talked about how the running back just has to do his job and get it in the hole and get his run and not try to hit a home run every time. He talked about certain players not studying outside of the facility and not loving the game of football. And we've heard this about Jay Ajayi in the past. And it really kind of starts to add up and make sense for you if you are paying attention to the Dolphins on a daily basis like we do here at the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. And you'll refer to an Armando Sargero piece that he wrote. I want to say it was after the Saints game when the Dolphins were 1-2 and two and really slow out of the blocks and the offense had basically come off back-to-back shutouts. I know, I know they scored six points against the Jets at the end of the game, but let's consider it back-to-back shutouts based on relevance to the game and, and the impact on the overall score. So two back-to-back shutouts for the Dolphins. Armando Salguero comes out with a piece in the Miami Herald talking about how the Dolphins are planning an offensive overhaul in the offseason and reflecting it or uh, restructuring it around Ryan Tannehill and making the offense his... And it looks pretty obvious now that he was actually right in saying that. With J.J. going out, you now have Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams as the two running backs with Sonoris Perry probably getting elevated up to a more prominent role in the running game or in the offensive game plan. I can't imagine Drake and Williams are going to carry the entire load by themselves. So Sonoris Perry gets the call. But Salguero talks about how this offense needs an overhaul. And, you know, we talked about the offensive line a lot. And even on certain plays where they were getting stuff done, maybe Ajayi wasn't in the right hole or maybe wasn't making the right read. Maybe they reconstructed the entire offense or the entire running game, I should say. And how much of this has to do with Chris Forster and his firing? And he was the running game coordinator for this team. And Adam Gase has been very public about his lack of involvement in the running game and piecing together the game plan. And that's actually true for most head coaches. Most head coaches won't be involved in the running game coordination if they are more passing game specialists like Sean McVay, probably not going to have a lot to do with the running game down in Los Angeles. Kyle Shanahan probably doesn't have a whole lot to do with the running game in San Francisco unless it has to do with the play action game there. So a lot of different designs those guys will make come from different coaches. So keep an eye on something the Dolphins might do this offseason and find a guy that's more running game oriented and find someone else to kind of reconstruct this running game and what it'll do in terms of the zone running scheme, whether it becomes a gap gap scheme, you know, man blocking scheme. And they this now gives them a lot of flexibility to open up things to different types of players. Maybe you take take uh, someone like Quentin Nelson out of Notre Dame. He's the top guard prospect right now in the draft. Wasn't exactly a zone, a zone scheme fit, but he might be a guy that now fits back into the mold if you go ahead and part ways with a guy like Mike Pouncey, who is a zone scheme guy, and maybe start bringing in more guys that can do more gap scheme or maybe give you more flexibility and more opportunities to change your offensive looks because the running game became so predictable. And even though the offensive line got beat on a lot of plays, there are certain plays where they got it done and it just didn't work out. And it might be because of a lack of ingenuity, a lack of, you know, missed direction, a lack of kind of trying to fool the defense in the running game. And that it works just the same in the running game as it does in the passing game. So a lack of ingenuity, a running back that let's take Gaze's word for it, who wasn't committed to the game. I love JJ. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's one of the biggest talents in the NFL at the running back position, but you hear some more terms today from guys like Kim Camper, who, you know, take it or leave it, whether or not you think his opinion is valuable. But he had a quote that I thought was pretty, that was, that kind of resonated with me that said, you have a guy that made a Pro Bowl, had a couple of commercials, and it all went to his head, and maybe now he's not preparing the way he once was. His 3.4 yards per carry would certainly reflect that, but I think the offensive line was what everyone was kind of pointing to because it couldn't be this J.H.I. who was a breakout superstar running back last year, and now he only fetches a fourth-round draft pick. Just kind of curious to see what the exact reasoning for that was, and I think it probably lends itself more to Adam Gaze and being the guy that he wants to 
you know, that he wants to have his offense, you know, predicated on a certain type of player, a certain type of commitment to the team and to the overall success. So Adam Gaze drops the hammer, gets rid of JHI, going to remake the offense from that point, and we'll see where the team goes from there. All right, guys, this is the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL, at Locked On Fins, talking about JHI not getting into the Ravens game from last week, just talking more about the direction of this team and where they're heading. And we talked about it on the last segment, talking about JHI and his possibly poor attitude, a guy that was left at home in Seattle week one of 2016 because of sulking, because of getting benched behind Arian Foster, or not even being benched, but just not even being the primary back, the first back off the off the schneid, if you will, to get the ball. Is it a trend that began to develop? Because Adam Gase took to the press conference last Friday and was just simply not happy with his running backs. He talked about their lack of ability to do the job and, and to do things. I thought that had more to do with Damian Williams, but now we come to find out it was Jay and the Eagles obviously sought Jay and his skill set and putting him in that dynamic offense. But the Dolphins decide that that's not what they're going to do. So what is the direction of this team and more specifically the offense? Now the report on Thursday that came out of Baltimore when Ryan Tannehill was for my money, pretty awesome running stairs at M&T Bank Stadium and, and looking very much in health and very on the right track with that knee and being back in the right spot with his rehab. The report from, and I'll forgive me because I forget who it was. I want to say it was Mike Florio, but they're talking about how Ryan Tannehill's going to be the starter in 2018. Very early to name a starter for the 2018 season, but when you know, you know, and Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback for this offense. So how do you construct an offense around him? Now, the he is a quarterback that excels in the play action game. Not very many quarterbacks are better at play action than Ryan Tannehill. He excels under the face of pressure. I know a lot of you guys are going to say, what are you talking about? Because that's a, uh, something that he had a lot of issues with early in his career. Well, if you watch last year, he really got better at that. And he was one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, throwing the ball under pressure and dealing with the blitz and that kind of thing. So Ryan Tannehill plays very well off the play action. He can get on the edges. He can run the football. And I mentioned this on Twitter saying how Ryan Tannehill masks a lot of issues you have on the offensive line, similar to the way that Russell Wilson will will mask issues for the Seattle Seahawks by his ability to escape the pressure and, and get outside the pocket and move and do some more things in the running game in terms of giving your quarterback or the defense a quarterback to account for in the running game rather than just a guy that can only hand it off. So Tannehill gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of what you can do with the offensive line, what you can do with the running game. And obviously he's got the big arm, the big arm talent. He can throw the ball to anywhere he wants in the field. He has his limitations. We won't get into that right now. But you build off of the strengths of this quarterback and what he does best. And what he does best is throw from play action and throw the ball to the intermediate levels of the field and as well as deep balls. Really, Ryan Tannehill can do anything you ask him to. You just kind of have to, you know, trust in his process and, and kind of work around some of his efficiencies. And what I mean by that is, you know, some of his inability to read defenses at times and, and pick up certain coverages. And, and he gets he's gotten better at that throughout the course of his career, but it has been a struggle for him. So what kind of team do you build around that? Well, I think you have the receivers in place that you like. At least, I don't know about Devontae Parker's long-term future. We don't really know about Jarvis Landry's long-term future with the contract for Landry and the injuries for Parker. Kenny Stills is a guy that's probably going to be here pretty long-term. The offensive lineman, I think your two tackles will be here long-term. Other than that, inside the tackle box when you go from both guards and center you're probably going to see a change at least at, at least two of those positions maybe Jesse Davis gets himself into a better role where he can become a starter long term but you're going to have to make some changes and I think that right now there really isn't a clear direction for where this offense is going to be I think you're looking at Ryan Tannehill and the two tackles and then one or two of those receivers probably going forward and then possibly Kenyon Drake is a guy that they kind of try to pair with someone in the draft or in the free agency there's going to be a lot of options for this team to explore this offseason and J.J. is just kind of the first chip to fall I wonder if the Dolphins really had their market set on on Jarvis Landry and it wasn't quite what they were hoping to get in return so you can't deal him I still think Landry and, and Gaze kind of have this personality not conflict but a, a person they kind of can butt heads at times but they still love each other in the long term so 
I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they'll try to extend him. I think to build this offense around those two guys, Tannehill and Landry, maybe see what Parker can give you return. Stills is still here. But just build an offense that is based around the quarterback opposed to where the running back, and you had to get these two tight end sets out there. And, and Gaze wants to run this 13 personnel. He wants to have his seam-busting tight end that he can match up in Y-ISO on the weak side of the formation. He wants to run his three receivers to the right side of the formation, and he wants to throw the ball down the field. And that's what Ryan Tannehill gives you. That's what Kenny Stills gives you. So Devontae Parker gives you. That's what Jarvis Landry gives you. He needs to go out and find that tight end, find a running back that can complement the passing game and find an offensive line that can support the passing game more than it does the running game. So find a running back that will fulfill his assignments and pass protect. Probably going to be a big one there. Find a tight end for this offense that can really do some things in that one-on-one matchup with linebackers and safeties the way Travis Kelsey did against the Broncos the other night on Monday Night Football and find some some ways to get the quarterback on the roll and on the move and, and do some things in the play-action game. So your offense is probably going to look a lot different in, 27, or in 2018, excuse me, but I think we all kind of knew that coming in. And as for 2016, my new expectations for this team – I think you kind of flush them down the toilet at this point, don't you? I mean, you look at this team, it's four and three. They have the third worst point differential of a winning team this late into the season in NFL history. I know that's one of those obscure stats that you talk about, like on a baseball broadcast or something like that, but it's pretty damning in terms of their statistics and what they've been able to do. I know the only stat that matters is wins and losses, and they are four and three, and they're going into a primetime Sunday night game. How long have Dolphins fans been craving a Sunday night football game, the best spot to be on in terms of national TV exposure? And we come into it with this tire fire behind us with Ajayi gone, obviously, and this questions of the offense and the questions of Adam Gaze and people kind of throwing him out and under the bus. And it's pretty crazy the amount of backlash Adam Gaze has gotten. And I don't love him for this trade. I, you know, I don't love what he did, but I trust in his process. I trust what he's doing. I trust that he makes decisions that are best for the football team. And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, guys. We don't know what type of work ethic Ajayi brought, what type of locker room presence he was if it was bad then you know I commend him for doing that and getting rid of the cancer I still like I said still don't like the talent leaving the team but as for a direction of this team I think that you probably Sunday night probably gives you a pretty good idea what they're going to do whether or not they're going to continue to try to make this season better or maybe you start trying to go to the younger guys and what that means is if they lose and they go to four and four and all of a sudden you got Carolina on a short or on a long week on Monday come back to Tampa Bay on a short week at home and then you go to that brutal stretch of Patriots Broncos Patriots Bills, Chiefs, Bills, and I just don't think they can survive that. Even at 5-3, and three, it's probably not going to be a schedule they can navigate to a winning record or to the playoffs. So I think that right now your new season expectation should just be to try to win games, get some exposure for these young guys. You hope you see more out of Kenyon Drake. Maybe see what Jesse Davis can do at left guard. Maybe see what Jake Brendel can do at center. Maybe start bringing in Charles Harris for more situations over Andre Branch. Uh, start getting Vincent Taylor and Devon Godshaw more reps. Jason Phillips, or excuse me, Jordan Phillips. Just start bringing out some more young guys. Continue to work with Xavier Howard and Cordray Tankersley. This team has a lot of young pieces, guys, and you should be excited about the young core they have and excited about the possibility they have of being back, going back to a playoff team in the future. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Just a quick one for you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfulNFL and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. Be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Dolphins football.